The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao here, along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. J.P. back in the studio this morning. We are glad to have him, because that means I don't have to do anything but talk. That's always a good thing. You could do that. I can do that. Uh, man, it is a beautiful Thursday morning outside the... As we look out the front porch window here, blue skies... Some cirrus clouds out there. You know, that's the one bad thing about the new setup is I can't actually you look can't out the see window. outside. I mean, <laughs> it takes it takes some effort, yeah. but you could. We could yeah. move the mic around, so yeah. uh, put it over here, and you can swivel around and get a. You'll it'll, be in good shape, but then I can't it. look at Chris. Yeah, well, which you would know. you rather do? Look outside or look well, at me? There is that. <laughs> I'm just saying. There is that careful what you ask oh man and we have a special guest in the studio with us this morning a couple of them a couple of special guests that's right we have my beautiful wife sarah and charlie she is with child and y'all are with child (laughs) i guess (laughs) no 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 ain't no guest to it (laughs) charlie is joining us do do y'all know her middle name or names middle names I think I've heard them. Because it's so perfect. It's it, it's so... I don't, th- I don't think I have, Chris. It, you're going to love it, yeah. JP, because it's okay. so Charleston. <laughs> I'm all about Charleston. It's Jane. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. That's perfect. I'm also trying to fix my headphones this morning because I only I'm, I can only I hear out of one ear right now, and it's really annoying. Hey, there we go. There we, you fixed it. There we go. Whatever what, whatever Mo did, that fixed it. I don't it. think it was me. I think it was JP. <laughs> no, I think sometimes a little jiggle of the cord will... Uh, yeah, you got to jiggle the handle sometimes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> a wiggle and a jiggle will a make wiggle the and a jiggle. complete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, a, you know, 10 after 9 this morning. We've got a lot going on today, and it's, it's my last day for the next two shows. I will be out of pocket the next couple of days, but that's okay. I'm sure you guys can handle it. Can you do wrong? I mean, <laughs> is there right? Let's not find out. I'm not even sure there's right. So, yeah. man, um, I read a stat yesterday. Just I, I know we normally do high school, but I, I wanted to share this with you guys before I forget it because I will. Um, Ryan Tannehill is 575 yards away from the all-time single-season passing record. For in the Titans, Titans history, how many five seventy five? He's got four games left. I think he's going to get there. That's incredible, right? Well, I mean, when you you got to okay, think, now Warren this is Moon. the Titans. No, no, just, this is this is franchise oh, t- history. For, okay, Titans Oilers. Okay, yeah, that's incredible. That is because again, I started to say Warren Moon, but then I thought, okay, are we if we're just talking Titans, then. You know, Steve McNair, Eddie George. But if we're talking Oilers, 
then yeah, you would have thought Warren Moon would have put up bigger numbers than than that. It's a different and, league and, now. And you would have also thought that Dan Pastorini would have put up bigger numbers than that. It's a different league. That'd be now. before your time. Yeah, but it is just a different league. It's it, they they were throwing the ball a lot back then, but it only felt it like was, a lot because it was, a lot it was for more, them. Yeah, it yeah. was just more than everybody else was. Yeah. Now Warren Moon was a real deal, though, dude. He is the the all time pro football yards leader, right? Because his time in the CFL was he was a monster. Yeah, he threw the prettiest ball. I'll tell you, and if you can throw those those CFL balls, you can just about throw anything. Because there's no grip, huh? Well, they're just huge. Yeah. They when Birmingham had a CFL team, they had a shirt that said, "Because you know the field is." It's 110 yards, mm-hmm. and it's a it's the same. And the goalposts are in the middle of the end zone. They're yeah, they're right in the middle. It's weird, and the field is the same width as a soccer field. And obviously, they have three downs mm-hmm. instead of four downs, so you throw the ball a lot more. A lot. <laughs> they had a shirt that said "Longer, Wider, Faster," and our balls are bigger. That's a good. That's a good one. That's a great shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Middle Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Hey, look, yeah. I'm just talking about Wake the CFL. Up. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. In Birmingham, by the way. Yeah. Well, Canadian football. Uh, that, that's well, it was also thing. in Memphis. If yeah. you remember, was, they were in several places, but that's that's a the Canadian football league in Birmingham. Yeah, it was it was interesting. We're uh, not talking like Buffalo or Detroit Birmingham. cities that are. Bordering, yeah. <laughs> deep South. Yeah, it was deep Birmingham, South. It was Birmingham, Memphis, Baltimore had a team, mm-hmm. and they were known as the Baltimore Football Club, which is why the precursor too. Well, that so when my dad asked me, he said, "You know, what's Washington going to name their football team?" And I said, "Probably the Football Club, like Baltimore in the CFL." He goes, "Oh, that might be that. That might be exactly what they do." And then they did. <laughs> so there you go. Well. And and it was kind of fitting that Washington would be the football team, WFT. Right. <laughs> so there you go. Or WT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Washington team of football. <laughs> WTF. Yeah. JP's doing musical chairs over here this morning. Hey, you know, he must it, be mad because I uh, I probably did something to you, his chair. Yeah, when you, I was you said it in his chair days. and it's, you know, it, it's kind of like Sheldon. From the Big Bang Theory, you, you, you sat you sat in his chair and you got the cushions all exactly it's, out of whack. You know when I when I got a little bit, it 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 helps uh, it helps. So that's what I was doing, sitting down and crunched up at uh, and with the two of you on stools. Yeah, the higher you are, the better your yeah. back feels. Uh huh. It so, makes sense, and I mean sitting. Yes. <laughs> so, and I just feel more comfortable at a bar stool level. Sure. I mean, don't we all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Man, this this show has gone off the rails early. Early. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't wait. Oh man, we uh we got we do have a big show for you to, today though, and I uh, we're scanning through Twitter earlier and found a pretty interesting news story about a story we've been covering since it started three four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we'll we'll get to basketball in the area. They, there's some basketball and wrestling tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, plenty of of 
high school sports to get to. Obviously, nobody played last night, so we won't have any games to talk about, which is very weird because, like, got home yesterday at, like, what, 5 o'clock? And <laughs> I'm just like, okay, now what? <laughs> the, I don't I mean, know what you did, but I took a nap. So I did not take a nap. I, I sat down, um, ate some leftover chili from, I guess, late last week. Chili. That's borderline. Nah, it's been in the fridge. It's all fine. Okay. The the uh, FDA will tell you, and the health department, if they come in, seven days. That's the that's the the limit that mm-hmm. you can keep it for a restaurant. So I assume it's at least ten days for the house. <laughs> all right, but it's, I mean it's chili and chili. This the you know now, chili leftover chili. Leftover chili is the best chili. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, so I did that, watched some TV. Then Sarah was like, we need to go pack. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go pack. <laughs> so we go upstairs. And you we, mean you didn't pack this morning? No, no. Like I did last Thursday, <laughs> we which, got a, which explained a lot. Yeah. We, we got up there, and we finished packing in like 30 minutes, tops. Both of you? Yeah, three bags, everything done and so it was like all right now what and we sat down and watched tv show and sarah goes what time is it i was like it's like eight she goes it's only eight o'clock she went to sleep within the next 40 minutes i'm not mad at her i'm not mad either i'm just saying it's when we don't have basketball games again my life is confusing it is different like i don't really know what to do with my hands Ricky Bobby. <laughs> it's, it's definitely different. So, yeah, no games last night, and it made my life confusing, but that's okay. Um, got a chance to hang out with Sarah, so there you go. Even only, though, only one game tonight. We'll get into the weekend schedule later in the show, but not a whole lot of options out there tonight. More tomorrow, obviously. And Saturday. There's yeah. a few things. Uh, in the second hour, we'll talk about uh, minor league baseball got a shake up, and if you haven't been following that, we'll try to get you uh, up to speed there. Plenty of college football news came out yesterday, including Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, LSU, and Marshall out of CUSA, and some Tennessee University of Tennessee system news. Coming down yesterday, we'll talk about that in hour number two as well. Uh, we may get into some other things. Who knows? But we will talk about the Dobbins-Bennett situation out of Knoxville when we come back. Because... Further east. Well, yeah. Yeah, Kingsport. But yeah. It, well, that's yeah, that's yeah. way out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tri-Cities area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyway, there's a, um, if you know about their COVID situation with McMinn County, you're definitely going to want to listen in on this next segment because it's, uh, you know, it's a doozy. Hmm. So, we will talk about what they did in uh, regards to their COVID situation and coronavirus symptoms on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint. Stay tuned.
Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. 23 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant. Since the show's already off the rails, I'm just going to throw this one at you. Although, Sarah may pick up a microphone and throw it at me when I tell her this. There's a new there's a new series on Netflix, guys. I'm listening. It's the history of swear words. Ooh. George Carlin's got to be in this, right? It's hosted, at some point. It's hosted by who? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Really? <laughs> I knew there was a Nicholas Cage. For, for His new series will there. dive into the origins, pop culture usage, science, and cultural impact of swear words. Well, the good thing is he won't be acting, though. Yeah, but look at that. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just saying. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's a good look for Nick Cage. It looks nice. It yeah. looks nice. He looks nice. He looks nice. It's like he's about to tell a uh, uh, a fireside right. Christmas story. All he needs is a pipe. Yep. Maybe oh, I'm he sure one. he's got one. <laughs> yeah. He could probably borrow one. Very very PBS. Exactly. Esque. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I will definitely be tuning in. Yeah, I'll have to be checking that out. So, um, yeah, as we talked about on the other side of the break, a developing news story out of Kingsport. Definitely developing. a parent of a Dobbins-Bennett football player uh, basically says that the football team at Dobbins-Bennett was told to hide COVID-19 symptoms until the playoff game against Maryville mm. was over. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting phraseology, for one thing, because they didn't say until the playoffs are over or until we're done. They said until the Maryville game is over. I, I guess the, the inference there being that they weren't going to beat Maryville, so they didn't have to worry about it after that. I, yeah, I wonder if <laughs> – I wonder if – because that's what the news outlet wrote – so my assumption is the team was probably hide the symptoms until the playoffs are over. But anyway. Which they were one and the same. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Um apparently Kingsport City School Superintendent uh Jeff Morehouse said he believed the comments were made by a volunteer medical professional who isn't employed by the school system. Um 
so apparently they brought somebody into the the locker room and said, "Hey, don't uh, don't disclose any symptoms until you know, or you're not going to be able to play." And that's something we expected. What I didn't expect was that a kid, ex, you know, exhibiting symptoms, wouldn't just stay home. You're sick. You got the flu. Stay home. Well, that would have required, in this particular case, him disclosing that to his to his parents. And well, his parents are the one who started all this. Yeah, this kid's parents. Uh, apparently, it's a uh, Miranda Dunford who took to social media saying that she had told her son about all of the the issues concerning COVID mm-hmm. and whatnot, and. Uh, her son told her that the football team had been asked not to report any symptoms uh, before the final playoff game of the season. So, I mean, in in all, I get not reporting it to the school or the team, but you know, stay home. And but, yeah, because you're still putting people. And maybe at he risk. did stay home. I don't know. Yeah, there's 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 that possibility. But I I don't get the impression that he did just for the for the fact that it doesn't seem that mom knew until after. From what I'm reading. Yeah, he didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Because of what the team staff members had advised, you know, he never mentioned it to them because of the 13th on the 13th of November the team doctor stood up in front of the team and told them not to report it. So, I mean, but your your mom, do you not know your kid has a fever or is sick or is washed out or something like coughing? I, if he's got symptoms, you probably know it. If he's got symptoms, yeah. And so, and they're, like you said at the top, this is a developing story, and it's certainly going to be worth following. But what jumps out at me about this is November 13th is when they were supposed to play McMinn County. That's correct. At home, which was when McMinn County made the trip up there from Athens to be told by the Sullivan County Health Department that they could not play because they had a COVID issue. When in fact, <laughs> it was the other way around. The only COVID issue was the home team on Dobbins Bennett's part. Yeah. You can bet that Dobbins Bennett will not be in the playoffs next year. Huh. And they very well should not be. That's. That makes sense. I mean, I could see that. But I could also see, you know, we didn't know. And I, I don't know how it's going to go. Who didn't know? Dobbins Bennett, the coaching staff. They knew that they told him not to tell him. That's why they didn't know. That's the problem. Well, pl- it's not possible it- deniability. What did you know and when did you know it? I mean, maybe, maybe the coaches weren't around when this volunteer medical professional made well, this statement fault. to the kid. You're the coach. You got you got doctors talking to your kids and your coaches sitting around. The coaches are the one who have the doctor around the team. It's on you. 
because he's a volunteer. It all falls on top. I'm just I saying. I can't argue with you. I'm just saying. If I, 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 I'm not arguing with you, I'm just telling you what what you're liable to hear oh, during yeah. the discussion of this situation. Oh, there's going to be a discussion, but it's not going to be a it's not going to be a, a, a long one. I can tell you that the TWSAA Board of Controls, Bernard Childress, and the likes, they ain't going to put up with that. Yeah, they're not going to be very happy about this whole situation. It's going to be bad. And I can imagine that this is being discussed. As we speak? Yeah, right now, out at 3333 Lebanon Road. This is, this is not good. No. I... Well, and and what's I think the worst thing about it is that they, through no fault of their own, put the wrong team forward. Correct. Out of this deal. Correct. And, and McMahon County was already upset. Oh, they're going to be irate. Yeah. Absolutely irate. And rightfully so. As they should be. <laughs> As they yeah. should be. Wait a minute. We told y'all we didn't have the issue. Not only did we not, you they did. did. Yeah. It's, I'm curious as to how many Maryville kids have COVID right now, if any. Well, wasn't it mentioned in, in the article, though? that No, it says it's unclear how many COVID-19 contacts with Dobbins Bennett resulted after the incident. I thought there was a Maryville reference somewhere in here. Morehouse said he has been in contact with the superintendent in Maryville after the final playoff game. Right. And has confirmed that this incident does not seem to have resulted in any additional COVID-19 contacts. So, like we've been saying all year long, kids ain't getting it from kids. kids. Not during, not in athletic competition They're or not through athletic it. contact. Period. Now that's football because again you're not having that expo- that extended exposure. I'm still concerned about wrestling. Oh, I'm certainly concerned about wrestling, but I think that it makes basketball and certainly spring sports much more likely to finish. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Again, going back to the summer, we saw summer league baseball and softball and that kind of thing where it was being played. All the it time. was being played without an issue. So I, I think you just can't spit sunflower seeds on the ground. A guy at Brentwood Academy got railed for that. <laughs> like, I mean, the guy yelled at him, Don't spit on the ground. I'm like, Oh, God, why are you yelling, sir? But yeah, other than that, everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because what? Because you may roll around on those sunflower seeds later on or something or what? I, <laughs> I, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of inanity. I mean, for like I don't mean to make light of this situation because <laughs> it is serious, but you know, it'd be good to maybe inject just a little bit of common sense every now and then with regards to this deal. <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> Just just a little. I, I, Maybe sunflower seeds aren't going to spread coronavirus. On the ground. Sunflower seeds on the ground. 
Oh, man. It's a- I mean, I wouldn't advise spitting them at each other or anything <laughs> like that, but on the <laughs> ground? Yeah, don't. I mean, yeah, it's it, that's ridiculous. But hey. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, it's, you know, but this whole situation here, it just, it, it is, it's a positive in that no Maryville kids seem to have gotten COVID from any contact with Dobbins in it. But this kid. Although that could help explain 49 nothing at Oakland. Maybe. But tell me this. If that one kid certainly had COVID, the entire team was probably exposed. How many kids at Dobbins Bennett currently have COVID? Because it's been two weeks. It's been more than that. Three weeks. It was our, it was November 13th. 13th. It's been a month. Yeah. So, again, kids ain't getting it from kids. Athletes aren't getting it from athletes. Yeah, but if, if they were, they would have infected the rest of the school. The whole the Dobbins Bennett's football team goes to class. So... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is the situation that, it, you know, as unfortunate as this particular situation is, especially for McMahon County's football team, it's also a kind of a good test. I mean, it's a nice little experiment, even though it wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, you can take some things from this. Take some numbers, take some some positivity rates, some some contraction rates and that sort of thing that I think that's a positive makes sense if there's any if there's any positive to be had from this it's that you can use it for scientific discovery yeah you can figure, some, than, figure some things out but as far as the TWSAA is concerned Dobbins Bennett is in trouble <laughs> I can assure you yeah um I can't imagine Bernard Childress being very happy with this deal at all. Yeah. You know, Bernard is a very mellow guy. Generally. Generally. I bet his blood pressure was sky high this morning. Because this came out at like the, five, like the 5 a.m. news. Like this story came out early this morning. It was... It it had tweeted six hours before I sent it to you. So around three in the morning, three or four. It's earlier than that. But well, yeah, late Eastern last time. night. Yeah. Eastern time. Yeah. Three in the morning. Mm-hmm. I guess it could have been a 10 o'clock news story yeah, last night. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It must have been. Yeah, it says 10 hours ago from here. So, but they did have the. They did have the superintendent on the air, so that's that's probably what it was. It was probably a ten o'clock news story last night. But when it came down, boy, I bet I bet some phone calls were made. Well, I just hope that I hope that Twitter or the news or whatever wasn't the first time that the TWSAA heard about it. I, well, I, I hope somebody from Kingsport made a phone call. Oh, we've got this going on. Well, the Facebook post was made two weeks ago. Miranda Dunford's Facebook post was made two weeks ago. It's just now getting news. How is that? Well, I guess it just depends on how long it took to get to a news source. 
I mean, if her Facebook, which it's now public, obviously, because it's it's embedded into the story. This this is a long post, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it's it, tons of COVID information in there. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, this is wild. Folks have got to start giving this situation the respect that it deserves. I mean... For medical professionals on down, I mean, think about being that guy that made that comment to that team or that individual that made that comment to that team. Their career has got to be in jeopardy. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, that, that's – maybe. Depends on what – you know, I mean – if this guy's just a family doctor or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, but it wasn't like he hid positive results. He, he just he just told encouraged them, people to. He encouraged people not to get tested. Basically, if you have symptoms, stay home, or don't don't tell nobody. That's it. Don't tell nobody. But how do you not tell somebody? You can't get. You can't just have a fever. Is everywhere in the world's checking your temperature. You can't have fevers and not tell nobody. Somebody's going to find out. You can't. I mean, if you lost taste and smell, somebody's going to know. Because, I mean, you got to eat. Well, but if you just pretend like it's whatever delicious. whatever it is you're eating, yeah. My gosh, this liver and onions is so good. Which would be a telltale sign <laughs> right there. But yeah. My grandmother loves liver and onions. She actually don't. Was it you? It was Sarah. She was telling her to eat liver and onions to uh, help her iron her levels. Iron. There you go. <laughs> Sarah was like, oh, no, <laughs> that's definitely not happening. <laughs> I'll just take some pills. Thank you very much. <laughs> Those gummy pills ain't better. I think they taste like liver. They're pretty bad. <laughs> so anyway, oh, yeah. it's uh, But, yeah, I, I just feel like you couldn't really hide symptoms, but other than staying home, I don't know. Maybe, But, again, yeah, his, his career could be in jeopardy. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. Uncovered. This is this is a developing story. It's, big time. Yeah, yeah, developing is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I hate it for McMinn County mm-hmm. because we do know that Maryville not has had not had a typical Maryville year. Yeah, and who knows if McMinn County might have upset Maryville and. Gotten a chance at, at Oakland. Well, Dobbins Bennett, as it was, only lost 35-28. This is my point. Yeah. So, could have disrupted the... Uh, the Maryville-Oakland? The time continuum of yeah. Maryville-Oakland. <laughs> yeah. That being said, they did not, and here we are. But, with a fo- Mr. Football finalist and everything else, right. McMinn County had to have felt confident about potentially playing Maryville. In a down year. Mm-hmm. And who knows? They didn't get that chance. Way to go. But something we'll be keeping an eye on. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about local high school sports in the area, schedules, uh, what's going on this weekend, where you can find some local sports. Uh, plenty of stuff going on. So if uh, you would like to stick around on the other side of the break, We'll tell you about that on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. 
If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 14 minutes to the top of the hour here on this beautiful Thursday with blue skies and sunshine out here as we are 13 days away from the deadline of West 7th's finishing. Sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns, right? That's how you're feeling right now. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Exactly how I feel. Coming in hot. Watch out. We're only 13 days away from winter. And <laughs> winter West is FA, coming. West 7th is supposed to be finished in the fall of in 2020. The fall of 2020. After 13 days. I don't think they're going to make it. <laughs> I don't think so either. There's far too many traffic cones out there. <laughs> Far too much unpaved surface out there. Yeah, it's going to take a long it's going to take longer than 13 days just to pave the darn thing. It's going to be nice when it's done. It's going to be real nice when it's done. Real nice. Yeah. When it's done. Yeah. Um, Whenever that is. We do have some uh, some basketball going on tonight. Just one one game in in Southern SM-T and Sports.com's coverage area. Right. Um, Tullahoma is going to Loretto for boys tonight. So there's that. <laughs> In case, in case anybody is going down to the state line. <laughs> hey, hey it, between here and Loretto, there's some dining options for pregame. Let's, let's there are so there's I mean, that any excuse hashtag any excuse yeah but um the the only game in town which isn't really in town Zion Christian's girls will play tonight at Franklin Christian. Spring Hill boys were supposed to play at Giles County. The Spring Hill girls are on quarantine, and now apparently Giles County's boys are on quarantine as well. So they were going to play a boys only. That's out. Gotcha. So, again, one game involving a Southern Middle Tennessee sports coverage area program tonight, and that's Zion Christian girls going to Franklin Christian. Um, more games tomorrow. You look puzzled. No, uh, there's just a really cool thing on Twitter, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. All right. Um, tomorrow, big division two, a district three matchup as Columbia Academy goes out to Zion Christian for a double header. Also, um, as we've spoken earlier this week, Kalioka goes to Fayetteville. Should be an interesting ball game. I think it's going to be a good game. 
I really do. I, I think Kalioka is not bad. Landon Andrews, 31 points is the last time out. Is that right? Mm, not the last time oh, not out. Not the last time out. Okay. On my, that's right. They played on Tuesday. Yeah. We don't know how many he scored because they didn't send in because their stats. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Um, Eagleville goes to Summertown. Hampshire heads down to Perry County. You saw Perry County Monday night against Kalioka. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to be nearly as close. But uh, unless unless 43 and, is and, dropped. Unless, unless Cameron Bass drops 43 again. Who knows? 41. Or whatever. But who's counting? Yeah. Um, Independence goes to Centennial in District 11 AAA action. Mount Pleasant will be at Cornersville. Um, Spring Hill boys will play at Ravenwood, and Summit girls will play at Brentwood. Yeah, Brentwood's boys are on quarantine, I believe. Brentwood's boys are on quarantine. Spring Hill's girls are on quarantine. On Saturday night, Christ Presbyterian comes to Columbia Academy. Um, Zion Christian goes to Grace Christian. A Collinwood-Richland doubleheader has been canceled because Richland is on quarantine. So... That's your basketball schedule for tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. It is also on the website at sm-tnsports.com. Also in wrestling, Spring Hill goes up to Northwest this evening. They will wrestle the host Vikings along with Greenbrier and Sycamore. Summit was supposed to host Green Hill, the new school out of Wilson County, this evening, but apparently Green Hill has run into some COVID issues. That's Green Hill singular, not to be confused with Green Hills, the area around Hillsborough Road in Nashville. On Saturday, Spring Hill will participate in the Independence Duels. Summit, again, was supposed to go to Cleveland, Pete Miller's hometown, for the Cleveland Duels. That event has been canceled, and Pete is trying to come up with something else to do this weekend, so stay tuned for that. As it says on the schedule on sm-tnsports.com, schedule subject to change without prior notice. That's going to be a correct. theme this year, as you may not have already figured out. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of Summit, speaking of the website, sm-tnsports.com, there's an article on there. The Tennessee Wrestling Coaches Poll made its initial appearance this week. Summit is ranked number nine on that poll. Um, One of one, two, three, one of five Middle Tennessee teams on the poll, along with Blackman, Beach, Brentwood, and Wilson Central. Uh, Summit on Tuesday defeated Brentwood 36-30 up at Brentwood. So they are 11-0 right now, getting off to a nice start there. And waiting to see what they do next. Yeah, you know, Summit has really grown into a very solid wrestling program. In a short period of time, yeah. I mean, they, All thanks to Pete Miller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he comes from a great background over at Cleveland and has, um, has done a great job getting that program, like, like you said, elevating that program into the Mid-State's elite in a short period of time. So um, Spartans ranked number nine in the state. 
in the Tennessee Wrestling Coaches Poll this week. Well done, too. I mean, again, they absolutely eleven and zero, and and you know to have gotten. I'm pretty impressed that they've gotten in eleven matches already this quickly. Yeah, they um, you know, they wrestled Franklin and Spring Hill last Tuesday. They wrestled a couple of matches last Thursday, and then they um, they got five in in a duels tournament over the weekend. So they've been busy. You got to get them in way again, just like Spring Hill. Um, senior night, having senior night mm-hmm. in the beginning of the year. That's that's smart. <laughs> in in twenty twenty, it is. Yeah, yeah. And as far as things getting canceled. The Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association um, announced last night that their clinic that is annually held in January will not take place next month because of COVID concerns. And what makes that significant is former Loretto baseball coach Gary Lamb was supposed to be inducted into the TBCA Hall of Fame during that clinic and awards there. Um, yearly award ceremony next month that will not take place so a little disappointing everybody's having to wait on their hall of fame inductions i wonder if mo will have to wait <laughs> let's hope not let's hope by then it's all good oh uh, you know i mean when when it's something that you didn't expect anyway and you know yeah so so uh, what i was looking at earlier mo was a coach out in texas a basketball coach played a the girls team played a game against a team who had lost a player to an accident earlier this year Hmm. um the four non-jumping players knelt down in the corner they conceded the tip and the first two points of the game uh, to honor that player so that was pretty cool that is pretty cool the other team scored. The uh, yeah, the the team who lost the player scored, and it's it's actually Chapel Hill High School out in Texas. In Texas, okay. um, but this girl right here is distraught beside oh, herself. Goodness. I don't know if she was friends with that girl or whatever, oh. but she is just. At, there's one player on the the team who conceded the points who is just bawling. That's yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- that kind of stuff. We have seen sportsmanship. We talked about um, Fayetteville. Fayetteville. In 2020, seeing people and kids especially. It seems to be hitting a little harder. It it has. And I think that that's something that we can take a positive from. T- we talk about 2020 hashtag all the time. But there have been some positives, and this is one of them. You know, there just seems to be more of a – Appreciation. Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, there there seems to be more compassion. I think people are a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more. They they realize that there's more to things than than you know. They're seeing the big picture in a lot of situations. It seems like. Yep. Or a lot of people are. Some aren't. I'm. I have been incredibly proud of. M- the vast majority of the high school kids that we have covered Mm -hmm. on the way that they have handled not only this year, but just the fact that they've handled 
each other with compassion and with understanding, understanding how difficult it can be. Um, you know, when you have basketball teams who are down to eight or nine players because of that or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, it's just – it's been impressive to watch. And I'm just super excited for – the future because i feel like that's going to trickle down yeah and i think that i think we're going to see things that have taken place in 2020 that are going to go forward and hopefully that that attitude that um i mean people will carry themselves in a similar manner going forward maybe that sensitivity will you know continue to come through yes Oh, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Loretto is going to host Tullahoma in a boys game tonight. That game is actually going to take place at 6, a 6 p.m. tip-off. You can get tickets on GoFan at 1 o'clock. Mm. So, yeah, you can – that's good. I believe the Mustangs are undefeated. Um, They – when they beat Kalioka – Saturday afternoon, they moved to four and zero, and they had that extended their win streak from last year to twenty six straight because they had um, they had won their sectional game and were getting ready for a state tournament play when their season and everybody else's was stopped. So the Mustangs building on at least a twenty six game win streak here when they take on the triple a wildcats of Tullahoma. be a good one get down Should there be. and see it yeah i mean it's, it's as good of a game as you're gonna see in southern middle tennessee tonight on a thursday night <laughs> yeah so hey time magazine announced their four finalists for person of the year and five-star preps jesse smithy our friends over there uh quote tweeted it with a picture of joe gaddis <laughs> great that's interesting i love those guys man um so yeah it's a uh, coming up on the top of the hour and i guess we should probably take that break and talk to you on the other side like i said in the second hour we've got minor league baseball gets a shake up so several teams in the even in tennessee mm-hmm. uh, as we talked about one of the cities earlier um yeah Several of them will not have a team next year. Sh- shaking up and shaking out yeah. in some cases. So we'll talk about uh, some minor league baseball affiliates, uh, some basketball affiliates for the G League, college football, local ho- college basketball news, and college system news. Right. And who knows? Anything else we can come up with? All in the second hour. Hey, and if you've got anything that we need to talk about, give us a shout. 931-381-1017. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Let us know what you're thinking about out there in terms of sports. There you go. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yalmo, Pat, and J.P. Plant. Sarah and Charlie in the house. We appreciate their being here. Five minutes past the 10 o'clock hour, and we have plenty to talk about. But if you would like to get in on the show, 931-381-1017 will get you in. 931-381-1017 will get you into the show. You can call us, text us. If you text us, make sure to send us your name. We're going to talk about some minor league baseball minor league basketball uh, this is kind of my wheelhouse because I am a minor league sports fanatic I really like and, and here's the reason why because we talked about it yesterday you can afford to go mm. something be said for that <laughs> and, and most people can afford to go it's not just you know no refinancing your, your car to uh, afford a Bud Light no <laughs> Car, house, whatever. Yeah. Sell your boat just to get in the gate. Nobody wants to do that. Uh, Clayton Harris, station manager, was telling us yesterday that uh, SEC championship game tickets are like 350 and that's really not bad. I mean, considering that. All things considered. Yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a COVID function. Or what that is. But. Yeah. Alabama, Florida, man. And I'm going to say this as a Tennessee supporter, but Alabama, Florida in the SEC championship game is as it should be. I mean, they've met more times than anyone else in the championship game, and it just feels right when those two are playing in the title game. I don't know. Kind of stinks. Well, I mean, considering considering the other, the only other matchup we've seen basically is – Alabama, Georgia. I mean. Well, in the last 10 years, yes. Uh, Auburn, South Carolina. Remember when Missouri made it twice in a row? You forgot that, didn't you? I did forget that. <laughs> Auburn beat Missouri one year. They beat I think it was Auburn. their first two years in the, the first two years in the, in the league. league. It's the yeah. championship game because the, uh-huh. the, the East was awful. God, they yeah. were so bad. Everyone was bad. But that being said, I say that. Georgia wasn't terrible, but – they couldn't beat South Carolina, and South Carolina couldn't beat Missouri, Missouri. and it was a whole ordeal. <laughs> it was just wild back then. And, and Tennessee couldn't beat anybody. Uh, Tennessee was had Derek Dooley, and Florida had Jim McElwain. Uh, yeah, Tennessee couldn't beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt couldn't beat South Carolina. Yeah, it was just they beat Georgia once or twice. The East was all bad, and none of them could beat mm-hmm. everybody. Could beat yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah, that's when Vandy was winning. Yeah, with had Franklin. winning seasons mm-hmm. with James Franklin. It wasn't that time. I have come around to the fact that the East was historically bad at that point. It was. I, I have bad. come around to that point. Um, you know, trying not to take, take any, anything away from Vanderbilt and what they did, but East was pretty bad. But you'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, it goes in cycles, and and it is what it is. But you know, as time has gone on. The more I look back, yeah, it was pretty bad. It wasn't great. Yeah, and Vandy took advantage of it. Could uh, you know? 
Exactly. For the it most part. Been, it but could yes. have been worse. You know, as Vandy, much as Vandy can do. Vandy could have been worse than normal too. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> but they weren't. They were yep. they were good to go. They were, you know, what they are. And that's okay. You know, it is what it is. But yeah, so um completely off subject there. Yeah. But anyway, uh big minor league baseball fan, minor league basketball, football, especially indoor football. Um the the whole minor league baseball organization has gotten a shakeup because of one financial issues through COVID and other things, but um, well, they were looking at some shrinkage even yeah. before this. There was a move to kind of reconfigure and contract i guess for lack of a better phrase the minor league baseball system and so with everything that's taken place there are upwards of 40 minor league teams that will no longer be affiliated with major league baseball or if they are affiliated they won't have a major league baseball affiliate there's a move to make some of those summer collegiate leagues and that kind of thing or something to to keep baseball in those areas and in those facilities but they won't be part of the part of a major league organization that sends teams up to up a chain so it's it's pretty interesting and what i've found to be particularly fascinating is how some some teams that had been independent teams have gotten into the hierarchy now, like the Sugarland Skeeters of the, um, I guess they were in the American Association. Um, the St. Paul Saints were in the American Association also, which was an independent league that are now in affiliated in baseball as members of a, a major league organization. Um, there is an article on MLB.com that has all of the minor league teams that have been invited to be affiliates of major league teams for the 2021 season. And I think the process is that they have to be invited and then there are hoops that they have to jump through and conditions that they have to meet and that kind of thing to actually go into 2021 as an affiliate of those teams. so Not among those invited mm-hmm. is really important in this, in this state. Yeah, um, particularly for the Jackson... Generals. Generals. <laughs> yeah, the Jackson Generals had been a member of the Southern League. Um, I think they were the Mariners double-A affiliate this past year and had been previously have not been invited to go forward. I think Kingsport was a Appalachian League, which is rookie ball. Um, Jackson was the Diamondbacks. They were the Diamondbacks this year? Okay, my bad. Um, at any rate, Kingsport is has not been invited to go forward either. I think they were in the um, Cardinals facility, um, organization, excuse me, 
Cardinals Mets. But each of these teams are going to have four minor league affiliates, which means you're not going to have rookie ball. Um, you're going to have A, high A, double A, and triple A. So I think the rationale is trim down the number of minor league affiliates and then be able to better financially support them. So, Yeah, so I'll tell you what uh, Jackson General's GM, uh, Marcus Sabata, said. Nothing good, I'm sure. Well, you know, he, he, obviously we thank the Seattle Mariners and Arizona Diamondbacks for 12 great years and three championships as a partner. Uh, both are wonderful organizations, and we thank the West Tennessee for supporting the Jackson Generals baseball for the past 12 years at the highest per capita attendance in the Southern League. Hmm. So that's that's kind of Im- impressive. Um. If we have the necessary advocacy, Major League Baseball has uh, stated a commitment to provide sustainable opportunities for the Jackson Generals to maintain professional baseball. We will rate respectfully for clarity and for the process to play out while continuing to advocate for and invest in the city of Jackson and the state of Tennessee. Hmm. It's, It's unfortunate because, you know, Jackson's been around for mm-hmm. a while. I, I don't know. They weren't they were the West Tennessee Diamond Jacks mm-hmm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And then of course being in the Southern League, I have seen all these teams. Yeah. But it's just unfortunate that, you know, Jackson a team or a a place that doesn't have a lot of sporting options, options mm-hmm. gets left out in the cold. Yeah. yeah. Where don't get me wrong. I'm glad Nashville has the AAA Sounds who were invited to be an affiliate of back to the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, which was interesting to me to see that development from the standpoint that, you know, I, I, again, I covered the Sounds for a pretty good while. I covered them when they were the Brewers AAA affiliate. And, you know, there was a lot of frustration on the Brewers end as – the stadium situation, Greer continued to deteriorate. Feet continued to get dragged in terms of a new facility. The Brewers exercised a ton of patience with that administration as they didn't get anything done, didn't get anything done, started to get something done, got a stadium, and then the Sounds decided to go with somebody else. Yeah. They went with the Oakland A's. Um, as their parent club after the Brewers, you know, sat by and waited for the stadium situation to clear up. And I <laughs> can't use the term that I want to use in terms of what I felt like the sounds dealings were. But um, so they went with Oakland. Then they went with the Rangers. And now for what, one year? They're with the Rangers only. Was it just just one? last year? Well, two years ago. But yeah, but just yeah. just the last year they played. That's that was the only. That's right. They that's were only. That's when they changed the the logo, the and, logo everything. and everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So they were only an affiliate of the Rangers for one year. I think they had been with the A's for maybe four. Yeah. So back with the Brewers, and I think there's some familiarity there. And so I I think maybe that's a good thing. I think it might have been as it. You know, as you look across the landscape, it might have been about as good a situation as as the sounds could have hoped for. Sure. 
because once again, once um, Sugarland and St. Paul got into the mix and some other folks kind of got, you know, pushed to the side, I mean, they could they could have been Fresno. They could have been Fresno. Which is looking at either being a high A team after having been in the Pacific Coast League for Ever. upwards of 20 years to, you know, they're either going to be high A or they're not going to be an affiliated baseball, period. So, and, you know, there for a time, I, as I as I watched this unfold, that was my concern with Nashville, particularly with a relatively new stadium. Uh, so, you know, we talked about the Stars and that situation on yesterday's show. And what happens if the Stars – I don't know. Jackson. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a possibility. That, that That is a possibility, but unless you can move First Horizon Park with it. Yeah. Because that, that park is not built for, triple you know, a. expansion. I mean, that's a triple-A ballpark. That's not – I don't think the infrastructure is there or in It's a in nice that area, area, though. Yeah, but I just don't think it can accommodate Major League – baseball and everything that would come with that and i don't think that's what the stars are looking at no 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 i'm saying if the stars come move yeah. the move the sounds yeah i, I get that but, i get that but what are you going to do about that stadium that's less than 10 years old oh there's nothing you can do it's just got to stay there well i uh to that stadium question it could be like hoover yeah it would I just think, be a because there has been some talk about the sec championship tournament being at first horizon and Nashville is a good city for that. It has been talked about, and it has not happened yes, because true. they really love the situation mm-hmm. down at Hoover. But you could also multi-purpose into a football field. We saw soccer play there, it's uh, true. and that worked. Um, I mean, you could. I think Nashville has a lot of opportunities that you could get some use out of it. It would be unfortunate, though, as new as that stadium is. And you're right, Mo. It it is a a triple A stadium. Yeah. So. Nothing but for the that. sounds, yeah, yeah, it's it's directly for the sounds. It can't be anything but. I mean, it can't it can't be expanded into Major League Baseball. You're right, you're right. right. Yeah, there's there's no question there. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know what? Anyway, yeah. But the the minor league baseball thing has been a crazy situation. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, as new affiliates are made, it's it's interesting that. Like we said yesterday, the Milwaukee and Nashville, they have they already have the the Preds and the Admirals mm-hmm. are an affiliate, so they kind of have a uh, go hand in hand with pro sports and AAA affiliates. There's so, a little synergy there, yeah. A little synergy. Sure. That's cool. Um, one other thing before we get to a break, the New Orleans Pelicans have a new basketball affiliate in the G League, and it's down in Birmingham, and they opened a team name suggestion box today so i wanted to get you guys opinion on a birmingham basketball team's potential team name now i will tell you i will go down the list here of the myriad of teams that that birmingham has had over the years none of which were in any (laughs) league of note um but in 1947, they had the Birmingham Skyhawks, then the Vulcans, the Bessemer Whiz Kids, 
and the Birmingham Steelers in 1948 and 49. They did not have a team from 50 to 90. In 1991, the Birmingham Bandits came to town, and that's the one where they, to save time, they didn't introduce the starting <laughs> five. They introduced the fans to the players. It didn't take as long. <laughs> and then uh, for four years, we had a women's team, the Birmingham Power. Uh, that was that was interesting. I did go to a couple of their games, actually. Uh, in 2005, they had the Magic City Court Kings. Then it was the Birmingham Magicians, the Birmingham Gladiators, the Birmingham Steel, which that's a good name, the Birmingham Sabres, the Birmingham Blitz, the women's... Basketball? Yep. <laughs> right. Um, Alabama Rain, a women's team, R-E-I-G-N. Um... The Birmingham Vulcans again in 2017. The Southeast Pro Elite Flyers. <laughs> the Magic City Surge, who are continuing. They, they currently play now. And women's team Birmingham Legends. So, do any of those fit your your privy? I like um, I like the Vulcans. I like the Vulcans. I like the Steel. or I, I, I would prefer the Steel over the Steelers. Um, sure. there, you know, it's, it's hard to get out of the Pittsburgh shadow mm-hmm. with, with that name, but I like the steel rich history with the, with the steel industry, but the Vulcans, that is, I like the iron of the AAF, the Birmingham iron. That's not bad. That's not bad. The AAF may, may be hanging on to that. I don't know. I don't they think they have, th- they went bankrupt. Anything? Yeah, they went okay. bankrupt. Someone bought the, uh, rights to it, but I'm pretty sure, I think it was an indoor league that, has no intention of using Birmingham at all. Okay, I, I like I like Vulcans and and I like Steel because we were talking off air earlier. Um, the one of the indoor football teams, the Steel Dogs, I, I think was I love that. So, so yeah, should be interesting. I I like alliteration, so mm-hmm. I would probably not go with either of those. Well, what would you go with, but Mister Alliteration? Well, because what goes with Birmingham? Plenty of things, I guess. But I would, if I get to pick anything in the world, it's going to be the Magic City Wizards, because I think that's the coolest name that was ever. What is the tie-in to Magic City? I wasn't aware that Birmingham I, is it. All, is it considered the a magic the Magic City? That's what I they call them. themselves. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do we know why? Um, I have no idea. I just know that it's Birmingham always Magic been City. referred to in Alabama as the Magic City. Oh, in Alabama, it probably is. But, I mean, you have the Magic City Classic, which is the second largest HBCU bas- uh, football game in, the, you know, in, in HBCU. So, I guess that gives it some validity. <laughs> but... Anyway, I would I would go with the Magic City Wizards. I think it's a cool name, but really, it doesn't matter because who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, it's, I've I've got a quick little history on that. Um, if you're I'm so down. inclined, um, this is from live l i v birmingham dot org. Uh, it says, "Welcome to the Magic City, um, Birmingham, Alabama." We locals like to say is made from steel. Uh, it says, a few short years after the end of the Civil War, early settlers realized the three main ingredients for producing steel, iron, ore, coal, and 
and limestone, iron ore, coal, and limestone, were nestled right there within the red clay hills of the Jones Valley. With the impressive railroad system in place, industry exploded, and the city of Birmingham was born. Its skyline burning bright with steel furnace towers, the area quickly acquired the name Magic City. Its rapid growth propelling Birmingham to the nation's spotlight and attracting a bounty of new residents, construction, and development. It is the only Which place. It in- doesn't really explain Magic City. I guess okay. it grew so quickly it was like magic. I guess. Okay, but it's the only place in the world where all three of those things, those three things can be found in the same place. It's the only place in the world where you can find those three things to make steel. Hmm. Pittsburgh doesn't have it. Birmingham they does. They have to import something. One of the three. It's definitely coal from West Virginia, I would assume. Okay. Anyway, that's, T-I- T-I-L. that could be it. I don't know. Today I learned. Yep. But I would, that's why I like, I, I just like the Magic City Wizards because it's, it's fantastic. I yeah. just don't know if you could use Wizards because it's NBA. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and, well, if you are in a, uh, connected to the Wizards. But if they're you, not. They're, they're, they're the not Pelicans. Good. They are the, with the Pelicans. You yeah. said that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be tough. Minor League Sports. At least it's not the trash pandas. It's not the trash pandas. <laughs> huh. When we come back, we will talk about some college football. I know you guys are excited about that. As we talk about Ohio State, who <laughs> I guess just the Big Ten just makes up rules as they go. Um, or makes up rules to, to ignore them. <laughs> they don't write the rules for you to ignore them. Well, That'll get you kicked out. Apparently, it, that will get you kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> it it did get you kicked up. That's correct. Uh, I would I'll, I'll tell you guys about a potential sixteen team playoff pipe dream that we have, and uh, get your thoughts on that. And then LSU, Marshall, other things, and of course UT, and some system news there. Uh, we'll talk about all those things when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's um, bottom of the hour, on the dot, 10.30, as we prepare for to get ready for the rest of the weekend. Chris, y'all Some of us Patton. getting ready for more of a weekend than others. A long weekend, a long weekend on some, some folks' part here. Yeah. Um... So we mentioned the Big Ten. They like to just make up rules as they go along. They made up some rules just to basically ignore them. And don't tell officials (laughs) 
or umpires that they don't write rules for you to ignore them, uh, that'll get you kicked out. <laughs> but when they're ignoring the rules, I mean, it's kind of hard not to say something. Just saying. Which is where Indiana fans are this morning. Oh, yeah. They're upset. Probably. Because essentially, what from what I understand, the Big Ten has basically said Ohio State is the conference champion, or not the conference, the, the, the division, division champion, champ. and they will get to take on Northwestern, Northwestern mm-hmm. for the, wow, for the Big Ten championship. Uh, despite despite yeah. not playing the mandated six games required to play in the in the conference championship game that the league agreed to prior to playing a season during a pandemic. Here's the question. They, they said you've got yeah. to play a minimum of six games. You're playing an all-conference schedule. You've got to play a minimum of six games out of this, what, eight-game schedule? They're playing eight games? Eight plus one. Eight, eight plus the conference championship, so eight regular season games. So, in an eight-game regular season, you have to play at least six games to be eligible to play in the conference championship game, unless you're Ohio State. Asterisk. Yeah. Which, um, Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star, of a chain that I will rarely mention on these airwaves, but had a nice column explaining you know, this was what the Big Ten had to do. Oh, there's no question that's what they had to do. Otherwise, you're getting a SEC, ACC college football playoff, period. Because Indiana is not rated high enough in the college football playoff rankings. They are 12th, 12th I believe. I yeah. believe they're 12th, yeah. So, you know, never mind that Indiana and Alabama are the only two teams in the country to have three top 25 wins this year. Hmm. That's including Penn there State. Well, they were – yeah. If they were ranked when they beat them, I they mean, were, that's yeah. not Indiana's fault. Well, they were ranked preseason. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. What were they ranked when Indiana played them? I would like – I would rather – if we're going to make those – those or, or those – Arguments? Those distinctions, I believe that it should be – you won against teams currently ranked. But that's just me. Um, especially when Penn State is like one and six. But you could flip that on the other. Indiana can't control that. Yeah, you can flip that on the other end. You could have beaten a team when they didn't have their star players and they weren't ranked, and then they got better. Exactly. Are you going to get credit for that? Sure. Who knows? I just... <laughs> This is one more reason to not be a Big Ten fan. This is one more it, reason not to have preseason polls. That's what, that that that's the key here. But it's kind of hard not to when you have people starting their seasons in the middle of the season. So here's a question: <laughs> what are you do? How do these rules get made or voted? Is it every school on things like this for these rules that have to vote in, or is it just the presidents? Is it a small pool of people? Is it I the would office? Think it's every school. But I don't know if it's ADs or presidents. But I don't know that that matters. They made a rule. True, but the people that make the rules can also make new rules that change. Then what bother? 
That's a good point. It's a it's a slippery slope. I mean, what what rule are you going to change next that's in a, the middle of a season? That's a good. Well, they've set a precedent now that that they've done one. It makes it easier the next time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that is the uh, questionable conduct, I think. And I mean, what does this say to Ohio State? We can just do. We can just do whatever we want to, mm-hmm. and the league is going to take care of us. Well, I think they've known that too. It, I mean, what what was it? Was it not Ohio State that led the charge to get the season going to begin with? Yeah, or their outspokenness. Yeah, yeah. Which and to be fair, they missed three games. Only one of those was because of them. Their COVID issues. Was the it their COVID issue, or was it they didn't want to play the game? I don't remember what the problem was. They Maryland had COVID issues and was unable to play. Obviously, Michigan has issues and is unable to play this weekend. I don't remember what the other game was that they missed, but that one was on them. So, you know. Can you penalize Ohio State for someone else not being able to play? That's a slippery slope. But you what know, it comes back to is, why did you make that rule? That was I was going to ask. Hindsight, was that a smart move to even make that rule? Why do that? No. Why, why put yourself why, in a corner? You know, <laughs> when Bobby Cox was manager of the Braves, he used to say, I don't like to have a lot of rules because then you got to enforce them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're the Big Ten. Yep. So. There's that. That's what's so wild is. What I think would be funny as I'll get out would be as if, if, if Northwestern beats Ohio yeah. State. That would be great. And that's what I'll be rooting for. Well, I was going to root for that either way. Well, And it and it could happen. Oh, it absolutely it could, could happen. It could happen. There, there's this Ohio thing called State, karma if you believe in it. Ohio State could get, <laughs> ball don't lie. That's right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Ohio State could get COVID this week. Mm. Then what? Well, yeah, then what? Mm. Indiana, that, did they get to move in? or? Well, it does. it's all for the playoff, and, and if Ohio State doesn't play, nobody in the Big Ten is getting in. Right. So, so we really, do they at so least get it doesn't a chance? Matter. You would think they would give Indiana a chance. Mm. Next man up, right? Well, I mean, if Indiana went and boat raced Northwestern, <laughs> wouldn't matter. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it would. Would the committee still put Ohio State in and say, "Well, they couldn't help getting COVID"? Well, well where are they right now? Seems to they're, work for they're, their team. they're in the top four right now. Yeah, right fourth. But they have yeah, moved back. Just five games. They have moved back because of not playing. Oh, how does five? Because games, they were up, right? How, how does five games prove that you're one of the best four teams in the country? In a conference-only schedule. Yeah. It doesn't. So what's the number? Eight. More than five. It's, I'm not I, arguing with you. I'm just, it, <laughs> I think it's eight. If you say five's not the number, then you got to say what is the number. I mean, we were talking about. Then you're going back to making rules again. More than. <laughs> yeah. Here's the reason I said eight is because we talked about earlier this year, six plus one in the Pac-12 wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. So eight is the number. Because, yeah, I mean, at this point, then the Pac-12 has got to be sitting there saying, hey, what about us? 
Who is the best team in the Pac-12? I didn't even know they were playing football. <laughs> I'm not sure they are. Um, USC is ranked 15th in the, uh, the college football playoffs. And they're the top-ranked Pac-12 team. And they are, in fact, the top-ranked <laughs> Pac-12 team. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. well, o- Oregon losing took any chance of the Pac-12. Uh, here, here's a dark horse. You, you talk about what is in terms of the playoff. If Ohio State, if they don't get in because of lack of games or, or what have you, uh, Florida more than likely will lose to Alabama. Let's just say that happens. That takes Florida out. Texas A&M could be left out, but they will not be a champion. Iowa State sitting there at seven, and they have a uh, a game with Oklahoma for the Big Twelve Championship, right? Isn't that who they're playing? Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma has has steadily moved back up after starting what uh, one and two or zero oh and two. That it was sounds a, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they moved back. They're at eleven, so that would be a big win for Iowa State. It would be a relatively big win for Iowa State. Big 12, the do Big they get 12, a chance? The Big 12 needs Iowa State to win that game to have any shot at all because if Oklahoma wins, I don't think they get there. Do you put Iowa State Big 12 winner champion over a one-loss Texas A&M team? Yes. Yeah. Because Alabama beat Texas A&M. Oklahoma what? State beat Iowa State. And and Alabama beat Texas A and M. I think what fifty two twenty four was that? Yeah, what the but score it, was? it was early in the year too. It was right before that Florida game. Yeah. So Cincinnati's still undefeated at number eight. Iowa State jumped them in the playoffs and, this week. And, and Cincinnati's going to get a nice New Year's six game, and that's going to be it. And it sounded like you think year. that's what they deserve. That's where they should be. Not the, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just – as the season has progressed, I don't think – I think early on Cincinnati was a possibility. I think that's kind of chilled a little bit. It looks like the only um, non-Power 5 with an opportunity to get into that best of would be Coastal Carolina, but they're back at 13. Uh, beating BYU. But five, they have a yeah. top 25 win, which Cincinnati does not have. They do, uh, but Cincinnati's at 8. Coastal's at 13. And I understand that. I know it's the Sun Belt versus the AAC, but in all reality, we've seen the AAC not do well in bowl games. In that, on that stage, yeah. And as station manager Clayton Harris has pointed out via text, Louisiana Lafayette beat Iowa State. Not this. Yeah, they did. You're right. Yeah. They did. Yeah, that was week one when the Big Twelve took a nosedive. Well, yeah, because that's it, the same weekend that Coastal beat Kansas State. Uh huh. And Oklahoma got beat that week too. Yeah, that was the weekend yeah. that that took the Big Twelve out. Uh huh. <laughs> of all consideration, basically. Well, that and Oklahoma's poor performance the last two years. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the Big Twelve wasn't really a they weren't a real possibility unless it was somebody other than Oklahoma. <laughs> and then the fact that Iowa State is is 8 and 2 on the year does not help them. Right. Um the other fact that Texas A&M is 7 and 1 and their only loss was in September to Alabama. To Alabama. 
I think you could make the argument in the room for Texas A and M over Texas Iowa A&M. State over over a lot of folks. Yeah. yeah, over anybody ranked ahead of them, aka loser of Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Because again, the loser of Notre Dame, Clemson, there are two arguments. There's argument number one: if Notre Dame wins, well, Clemson's got two losses, and they're both, both Notre Dame. Why, why are we going to put them in the playoffs? Mm-hmm with the potential to play them the third time. That doesn't make sense. The second one being that if Clemson wins, you can say, well, it took Notre Dame overtime to beat them without Trevor Lawrence while we can we can leave them out. And in the But it's Notre Dame. It is Notre Dame. But it's also Texas A and M. And a lot of people don't realize that Texas A and M is the richest program in the Southeastern Conference. But Texas A and M didn't even play in their conference championship. Okay. They also didn't lose in their conference championship. <laughs> well, you know, if you're splitting hairs, your one loss, if if you're Notre Dame and Texas A&M, is, you know, who'd you lose to? A&M lost to the number one team, if that holds true. And uh, Notre Dame would have lost to the number three team. Yes, but, again, the one time you beat them – you beat them without their best player. True. In overtime. At home. At home. So. So you think if Notre Dame loses, they're out. I, I do, and I, because I don't think, think that. you think they should be I don't think be. they can. I don't think the, the committee can risk a third Notre Dame-Clemson game. I don't know. It would be good rating. Would it? Would it? I think so. I mean, Notre Dame. I don't know that I'd watch. You you would because it would be a playoff game. You would. You're, you're going to watch the playoff no matter what. As a as a sports fan, you're going to watch no matter who's playing. It's it's the average Joe out there. You got. I mean, outside of Alabama, Notre Dame and Clemson are the two most recognizable programs in the country right now. And you could argue both are more recognizable than Alabama. Um, uh, maybe. I said you could argue. I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> All this is is a uh, a glaring recommendation for a 16-team playoff. <laughs> for Alabama to host Iowa as the 1-16. I love this game. Georgia and Cincinnati, number 8 and 9, playing in Cincinnati. Mm. That'd be fun. Oh, Cincinnati's the 8? Yeah. In College Ooh, Station. That Indi- would offend a lot of SEC sensibilities right there. But Wouldn't it? Yeah. Indiana would travel to Texas A&M as the 12. Coastal Carolina to Ohio State. Oh, that's oh, yeah. just wrong. <laughs> Go from the beach to Ohio State in the middle of in December. December? Yeah, yeah, no thank you. USC to Notre Dame. Miami would travel to Ames, Iowa, and play the Cyclones. <laughs> Oklahoma would go to Gainesville. Mm. And Northwestern would travel to Clemson. The... Clemson being the number three, three. So then you would so have Northwestern's fourteen, correct? Currently, okay. Um, then you'd have the Cotton Bowl host a quarterfinal, the Orange Bowl host a quarterfinal, the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl all hosting quarterfinals with the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl as semifinals, and then of course the playoff championship in Miami for. The gold trophy. I, I have never understood how you couldn't incorporate the bowls into a playoff format. Travel. That'd be about it. 
You talking about the other bowls outside of the Big Six? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be that'd be tough. Yeah, you'd have to do those first round at, at, home at a home site. Okay, but you could still use the bowls for the quarters, like yeah, like this. Yeah, well, sure. which they're using now, essentially, they're semis, but you well, just expand. Semis, yeah, you just expand those six. You've already got the big. You've six got the built New York in. six. Yeah, you got the New Year six already built in. So, well, that's what I'm saying. You, uh-huh. You're using them for the semis. You could use them for the quarters, and you could build it out to at least eight teams. Oh yeah, I sure. don't know that they'll ever go sixteen. Well, they should, <laughs> but never mind. All right, we need to take a quick break. We'll have 10 minutes on the other side of it. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, tell you about what the uh, University of Tennessee system has approved and how that affects one local college. And then we'll tell you about some superlatives among local college players and coaches. Mm-hmm. And then I will leave for vacation and you guys can party. No, we got to work, bro. <laughs> Uh, We'll do all that on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Nine minutes to the top of the hour, and we get ready for the final segment of our Thursday show here. Appreciate you guys listening in. It is certainly been a, an interesting one we have we have gone off the rails we have had very spirited discussion it's been fun i've enjoyed it this is one of our, our we should have sarah in here all the time there we go i'm sure it's that vibe mm-hmm. with that, her it's that sarah vibe with her braves that, cap that, that sarah and charlie vibe go braves yeah, yeah that's that's not a thing um <laughs> So real quick, we uh, yesterday the board of trustees at the University of Tennessee officially approved Martin Methodist to become a part of the UT system. Now, what has to happen next, or is that the it? only thing left? Is the Tennessee General Assembly must have a fifty-one percent approval rate. So, if the General Assembly approves it at fifty-one percent, then Martin will become part of the UT system and then must change their name, I guess. I guess they become UT Pulaski. That's what it sounds like. And I don't know why the General Assembly wouldn't approve it. Yeah. I I would feel like that's just a formality. Probably. So, 
That'll be interesting. Um, I wonder what it does to their athletics programs. Does it change? Do they stay in AI or or do they what pursue happens? NCAA D two or, or something like or that? What? I don't know. That's it's going to be fun to watch, but. Um, they will be taking a successful men's basketball team with them, apparently, because earlier this week, Dugan Line was named the HoopDirt.com National Coach of the Week um, after the Red Hawks improved to 5-0 and with a 79-76 win last Thursday over Pikeville of Kentucky. So... Line is now eligible for HoopDirt.com National Coach of the Year consideration. Um, And they played a night up at Shawnee State of Ohio in a game that had originally been scheduled for November 19th. So the 5-0 Red Hawks, men's basketball coach Dugan Line, the reigning HoopDirt.com, National Coach of the Week. Congratulations to him, to the Red Hawks, and to UT Pulaski. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Seems and, like until I hear otherwise. That's, that's just what how, it's going to be called. Yeah, I mean, we've that's, got that's pretty crazy because when I was at when I was at Lambeth my freshman year, back in the Stone Age, my um, resident assistant, the RA, was a transfer to Lambeth from Martin when it was a junior college. So in 30-something years, they've gone from being a junior college to being a four-year NAIA program to being a member of the UT system. Hmm. That's it's pretty pretty impressive climb, I would, I would say. I mean, I don't know that anybody ever thought back in the mid-'80s that – that Martin Methodist or whatever whatever you refer to them as was going to be a a UT system member, so it's it's pretty striking. JP, you've been in this area pretty much all your life. I mean, did you ever see? Any, I never even realized that that was an aspiration for them. I'm still not real sure I'm, how all this came about. I'm not sure right. that it that it has always been an aspiration. Um, you know, because it, it's it uh, it's been a private liberal arts school forever, right? Um, and has done its own thing. And as uh, things have modernized and government subsidies, they've tried to partner with some some things that I think that led through its path. And also trying to maintain um, the the private institution, the amount of money that it takes uh, is a lot, obviously. Yeah. So uh, I think it, it's. Yes, it's obviously a, a good move for Martin Methodist, and and I think for the community of Pulaski to have a UT system college in their hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, Martin has recently moved to a four-year institution within the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. not too long ago. Um, and But I, it's, a, it's a tiny little town for a – of course, I guess Martin is too. I don't know how big Martin is. Martin's not that big, right? I don't know where Martin sits compared to Pulaski yeah. in terms of size. That's that's an interesting question. But you know, it's um, you know, there's also this 
uh, collaborative um, college building being built, you know, down in Lawrence County too, that is partnered with uh, MTSU and Tennessee Tech and was going to be partnered and Columbia State, um, you know, which has a facility in Lawrenceburg. That facility will move into this brand new building. Um, and, and that's another question. How does this affect Columbia State? Hmm. Yeah. Um, real quick. Martin has a population of 11,000, Pulaski 76. So Okay. So very close. Okay. Yeah, before we get out of here, we need to mention um, former Columbia State men's basketball guard Tavon King was named earlier this week as the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Men's Basketball Player of the Week. Um, King is now at Cumberland University, transferred there from North Alabama. And in two Cumberland University wins, he averaged 25.5 points. He had 17 points and three rebounds against Shawnee State in a 68-57 victory. And then he scored 34 points, a career high, in a double overtime win against Pikeville. So, for the year, he's averaging 21.3 points, 3.8 rebounds, and three assists. So, congratulations to ex-charger Tavon King, the reigning Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Player of the Week in men's basketball. There you go. We have one minute left, so I guess we will tell you that Mo and JP will be back tomorrow on this airwaves here on WKOM. We appreciate you guys listening. They'll be here on Friday. I'll be out Friday and Monday, so you guys enjoy um, having you, a lot you of fun enjoy. without me. Yeah, you enjoy. You and Sarah enjoy. enjoy. We'll, it's our baby moon. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. We're, I'm not sure how much we'll enjoy, but we will. We'll be listening. We will carry. I may, on. I may call in. <coughs> tell you guys what's up. What's up? Yeah, rub it in our face that you're calling in and you can dip out when you want to. Hey guys, I gotta go. The pool's waiting. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice. Okay. Today and tomorrow. Saturday's going to rain and then it's going to get cold. It's supposed to snow Monday morning, so who knows. Yeah, right? Have fun getting out of Sevier County in the snow. All right, guys. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.